it's time to meet up and catch up at the Weekend Water Cooler. Now, here's your host, Gene Bolduck. Okay, welcome, welcome to the Weekend Water Cooler. Uh, I guess I'm going to say post-Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving hangover edition um, <laughs> at home with uh, with uh, with Penny Rich. Uh, Penny, Penny's here to, uh, you know, give us the... Uh, the the, the post-Turkey letdown report and update, but also, of course, we're still in our election hangover period because we're recording today on Wednesday right after the, um, the, the Georgia runoff was decided, which, by the way, straight to my prediction, was decided before the 11 o'clock news. Oh, I, yeah. I knew they were going to call that race. Everybody's right. like, oh, this is, we're going to be up so late. It's going to be no. so close. And I'm like, no. yeah, no, it's not. No. it's not. Well, it was close, but it wasn't late, right? Because there were so many people that voted early that that, that those votes went, were tabulated um, pretty. Is, is, uh, remind me, Gene, is Georgia one of those states that they can't um, count the uh, early voting until uh, the uh, polls close? Or do they start doing that on the election That is day? not the case. I think, actually, in their awful draconian... Uh, voter suppression law, they actually made the change. This part's kind of hilarious. They actually yeah. did make the change that you can start counting absentee mail-ins and early votes any in any form um, on election day. Once, the, poll, election once day, the polls yeah. open, they can actually That's what I thought. election which, day which it tabulate, be, which made things right. go much faster than last time. Right. It should be across the United States. That's the way it should be. Election day, you start tabulating votes. When the polls open at six a.m., you start you start putting them in. So at the end of the night, you know you have a you have a good idea who's going to win. Yeah, but, yeah, just but like what happened. Pretty in close thing. Now here's the part that's funny. The part that's funny and just tells you that the people who are um, trying to drive some of these changing uh, voting laws in the effort to cut down early voting, which has nothing to do with election security at right. all. Um, that the Republicans, in their effort to do this and to disparage and, um, you know, what do I want to say, uh, discredit the, mm -hmm. the concept of early, early in-person voting. Uh, they're so determined to do that, um, and they want everybody to only go out and vote on Election Day. But in Georgia... Uh, Election day, that polls close at seven o'clock. They're open seven to seven. Sure. Well, if you're really determined that the only way to vote is the way mom and dad did it in the 50s, which is to go out on election day during those hours, and you know, tough stuff for you if you have to work during those hours. Right. You yeah. can't get an extended lunch time to go stand in line for three hours because they've uh, squeezed down the number of polls and whatever. If if you really meant that, you'd let the polls be open till nine o'clock. You'd open right. them at six and leave them open till nine, you know, or That's something. But of course, no, they didn't do that. They're That's they're just like, we want to have uh, fewer people voting, mm -hmm. even if it means fewer Republicans, which is their dumb strategy. It's just dumb. Right. It's the cut your nose off to spite your face strategy. Right. Because then it's, it's, this, this happened in Georgia again this time. So early voting typically is uh, the Democratic vote. And 
you know, the pollers will tell you, everybody will tell you. Well, it is you, now, Penny. Right. But you can't rely on the early voting, um, uh, you know, exit polls anymore because it's all Democrats, right? And because the Republicans right. are told They're not skewed. to go to early voting. But but think about that, though. I mean, you know, that they're they're almost influencing what what uh, they're telling their people not to vote until Election Day. So they're influencing them in a way where they're hearing all this early voting statistics. And it's I mean, uh, there was a, a, a turnout was amazing, Gene. Right. It was. It, yeah. it broke records I mean, it was, every day. It, it was better than the primaries. Yep. More and more and more. They had 77,000 people voted in the runoff who didn't vote in the general. How does that happen? I mean, seriously, well, how does that happen? You know, the answer I mean, to that is yeah. actually really simple. Organize, organize. Get organize. out the vote. They That's right. knocked on doors. Yep. Uh, they phone banked. And they told people, listen, this really matters. You've got to turn out and vote. And my cat is agreeing I with me. I'm cat. sure you can hear him. <laughs> um, the, it's, it's, that's their answer. All, all of the Georgia organizers who've been asked this on TV for the last day, how in the world did you get 77,000 yeah. more people to vote and vote early? Um, yeah. which we know, we know that that means that they're heavily democratic. Um, and we know that, you know, these days, um, you know, how did you do it? And they said, we took nothing. We took no vote for granted. We went to every neighborhood. We were in every County. Um, now here's the thing I, I think, and you know, if you're a Kornacki buff, like I am, mm -hmm. um, then you really appreciate um, how he gets into the viscera of how you really turn an election like this. And one of the ways that they did it, the Democrats in Georgia, is that you look at all of these beautiful, beautiful, bright red NC State loving counties in Georgia that are very rural. The whole county might have 8,000 votes in it, might have 12,000 or 25,000 votes which in the scheme of a state with millions and millions of people is not a lot. But what they did is they went into those counties, they knocked on those doors, they asked people for their vote. And if people were influenced, if they were influenceable, if they were independents, if they could consider coming over, they won over some folks. And so what that meant was that in that county, uh, you, had, you had this guy, the libertarian, who caused this runoff to happen right. because he pulled 3% of the electorate to him. So the question was, which way are his voters going to go, right? What they did it. is they went into each of those counties and they said, we just need 1% of that three. That's only a few people. They right. just only need and, uh, practically to the precinct level. And, and you know, Penny, that these um, these politicians now in their campaigns, when they have really top-notch people, not not your cousin, not your nephew, right? Top-notch professional, professional political people. operatives, right? They have they have data that will not just tell them that Gene Bolduc is going to probably vote Democratic but that I'm probably going to want to have chocolate cake afterwards. 
That's right. They know that I'm going to do that. They know that my neighbor across the street is maybe going to split the ticket and that, and that I won't. Right. And so the data that they have and the knowledge of what to do with it in phone banking allows them to be extremely targeted right. in, in how they operate to, to try to win people over to their side. And, you know, that's how they did it. The good old shoe leather door knocking and hard, um, you know, I apologize for my language, hard ass work. Right. No, it is. Yeah. And, you know, I I spoke to some folks from North Carolina that actually went to Georgia to help out. So because you you need you need feet on the ground. I mean, you just need I mean, boots, boots, whatever you call it, boots on the ground, whatever walking. I mean, they they were out there. But, you know, let's I talked to um, a a good friend of uh, WCHL, um, uh, Tom Jensen, about this also. uh, and And I'm sure he give his rundown of it. Um, but he was talking not only about the rural vote, but the rural black vote, um, which a, a lot right. of times is ignored. Um, and yes. So, you know, because because the rural, you think of the rural vote and everybody thinks of white people and you got to get. And, you know, Tom was talking about um, how it, it's so important to make sure that you don't ignore the rural black vote. Exactly. Because there, you know, that's especially in Georgia. I mean, look at it. Now you look at that map and it looks very red, right? I mean, yeah. where the masses of people are, of course, you know, the way the big cities are, they're, they're blue yeah. and the population wins over um, right. the, the smaller counties. But all you have to do, like you just said, is turn a couple of votes in those smaller counties because it's a statewide election, right? So all you need is- That's to right. Turn you did that, and that's what they did. They just Small, peeled this off yeah, yeah. county by county. But but there's a there's another piece of what they did uh, that I want to talk about, and and we're going to do that, Penny Rich, when we come back, um, we're going to take our first break uh, because you know we have to. We love our sponsors as much as we love each other, and we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Weekend Water Cooler on 97.9 The Hill. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back with Penny Rich, who I think is coming to us from her laptop, but I can't prove it. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, yeah, we're going to grab her by the laptop. Um, Let's do it. We're just talking about um, the the very hard work of the uh, Warnock campaign and in, in you know going door to door and just taking nothing for granted, taking no vote for granted, talking to every person. And and what I wanted to say about this is that one of the things that is um, easy to observe about Raphael Warnock is the, is the quality of individual who, who you're talking about here. Um, he obviously um, has the, the mindset and the philosophical approach to service um, of, of a preacher, and you expect that. But I think what you probably don't expect is that He's so easy to listen to. He's so um, moderate and his, his views are moderate. He's very happy to reach across the aisle and, 
and work with Republicans on a bill, he's not he's not going to be drawn into this thing that they're the enemy and they must be destroyed. He never would say, as far as I can recall, a crossword about his opponent in this race, uh -huh. although many crosswords were deserved. And, and to be fair, from a political standpoint, didn't need to. He had many, many surrogates, very happy to do it for him. Right, right. But, and that that's true. And, and I, I agree with you. And I think that's a, you know, I think I, I think more more politicians need to take this this cue from him. Um, he knew it was going to be a tough race. Right? right. And I mean, Herschel Walker, you know, he was a really good football player. Um, and that's where it ended. Herschel Walker should have never been in the Senate race. I don't know how Trump convinced him to do it, but he did. Um, you know, besides the fact that he didn't even live in uh, the state that he was running in, and we can get into that a little bit more. But um, Herschel Walker didn't have um, any kind of uh, not only political background, but just just the way to talk to people. When he, when he started talking about right. werewolves and vampires and the way that he just tried to describe himself, and he was like, oh, you know, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to what I'm saying. I'm sorry. No, you're on a stage. You're on a political stage. You have to. You have to reach out and talk to the heart of people. And this is what um, Raphael Warnock is really, really good at. Yes, he's getting yes. into people's hearts. He's telling them, "This is how we're going to make things better." And right. and, and you know, I, again, I just want to say, I, I, it's hard for me to believe that so many people actually voted for Herschel Walker. But I said this to you before, Gene. It's really hard for me to believe that people actually voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, so I mean. That, well, I, that think, brainwashing I think what we is... have there is is we have um, a, a phenomenon that's that's very closely related because um, you know what I wanted to convey about about Warnock is uh, it's 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 wonderful how how he is it's 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 a pleasure to watch him do his yeah. work yeah it's it's a joy to listen to him you and I are old enough that we we think I think back. And I, I see I see Warnock and and of course his his relationship to Martin Luther King as his successor at the Ebenezer Baptist Church. Um, I I look at him and I think if Martin Luther King had survived and had a political career as an elected official, this might be what he'd sound like. Right. Um, he's he's maybe a little bit more uh, tempered uh, than than King was, but he but he lives in a different time and there are exactly. different requirements and he's trying to bring a state together to, to make progress. And he knows what he's doing. And of course he does because he's just won statewide election for the fifth time in a row for the same right. job. You know, you forget this, but he ran in a, primary right 2020 he ran in the general election in 2020 he ran in a runoff, runoff in yeah. 2021 mm -hmm. where he was all elected all he prevailed all three times and now he's done this twice Be, and and so five shots at the ballot box in in two years, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah. Of course, he knows what he's doing in terms of his messaging, but also how to work the state. Um, right. And 
and how to reach out to people who may not be obvious choices and at least uh, when they encounter him, and this is really important, anybody working for his campaign who needs to be very much a similar caliber of individual. Um, right. And this is this is represented well that way. This is such an important point because let's face it, he was he was also in between all those running for offices. He was a senator for two years. Right. He's he got knows, a good record too. He, right. He knows what the job is. Right. And the, right. the fact that he had to challenge himself against, um, and, and, uh, you know, no offense to Herschel Walker, but my goodness, he just did not belong in, in that race from the beginning. Well, and so you know, let's, let's talk about that for just a yeah, second. Because, okay, let's, because yeah. what, why in the world did all these people vote? So I, I've seen I a know. couple of interviews with people who said, I'm a Republican. I think Herschel Walker is a terrible candidate. Are you going to vote for him? Yes, I am. Okay, so yes. that's who you want to talk to, right? Right. Why? Why are you going to vote for him? The design of putting a Herschel Walker into that situation, into that job, they would hope. Fortunately, they failed. Right. And, um, and what's conveyed to the voters this is exactly the same thing as the Republican Party dropping Donald Trump into their nomination for president. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because he doesn't know diddly squat about the job, which certainly proved itself to be true. Um, but the, the, the voters who, were, who I've seen interviewed about this said, that's okay, because he's going to have a Republican on his on one side, he's going to have Lindsey and Ted Cruz. They're going to sit right there. They're going to take his finger and put it his on the handlers. button. Yeah, and they're going to handlers. tell him how to vote. And they're going to say, just put your X on the page right here. You but don't need to understand it, Herschel. Yeah. Don't worry about that. We'll, we'll tell you which way to vote on that issue. Right. And, but don't and that's you think what they happens, were hoping to do. But it happens on both sides, though. I, I mean, I, and I hate to use the both sides argument. But the, but you know you, you sometimes you vote for for Democrats that are lesser than because you know that they're gonna you, they're you're, they're gonna vote the right way you know I don't I mean I know I know right. a lot of Democrats that I don't think are very good leaders but we vote for them because we know they're gonna vote the, for the right way I, I I would have hoped for stronger people in some of the races that that we just had um, younger people stronger people. People right. that that would bring new ideas. I mean, and right. not the same. Just old, same a fresh old. energy to the whole to the and whole. New process. eyes, new eyes. People that have right. been engaged and are just younger and want to bring want to want to really reach out to young people. Right, um, right. You know, we didn't get that, but here's here's the thing, though. But we, we know, but we know, Penny. Right. That when they have staff briefings yeah. about the upcoming omnibus bill of blah, blah, blah. They're going to get briefed and they're going to understand the material. Exactly. Competent exactly. In the and that's what I think the other side doesn't do. Right. I think that, that they and don't I, have I, that. Again, they, they don't. They, I think that they forget that it's not only important to get someone in there that you're going to be, everybody's going to vote for, oh, we know Herschel Walker, but you got to get someone in there that's going to understand what a policy is. What, what, how do you create policies? How do you, let's talk about committees, though, Gene. I mean, this this is something that's really important now with with Warnock winning. 
is that we have the 51 to 49, which means we get the extra people on the committees now in the right. Senate side. And so when it's 50-50, you've got to split that those committee assignments up. And, you know, being in, in government for the many years that I have been, mm -hmm. you know that committees are so important because that's where the sausage is That's where all made. the work is. That right. is where all the work. By the time it get, hits the floor, by the time it gets to, to a vote, by, by the time it gets to a county commissioner meeting or a town council meeting, it's already been, I mean, you've been talking about that for a year. And that's what, when people say, oh, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Really? Because when it's in committee, yeah. it that's when you need to be paying attention. Right. Not when it comes to the floor for, you know, the, that vote. And that goes all the way down to local government all the way up. So, well, I mean. So that, glad you mentioned that. Okay. I'm going to come right back to local government. I knew you were going to do that. Exact topic. <laughs> And uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back. We're talking to Penny Rich in our in our election breakdown. And we're not having a breakdown because of how the elections went. And I'm going to tell yeah. you why everything is everything's really, really, really looking up, especially in Georgia. And Ooh. it's going to be it's going to be just going to make you sing. It's going to make you open the windows and sing. Right. Listening to the weekend water cooler on 97.9 The Hill. Don't go away. We'll be right back and we'll be singing. Okay, so we're back with Penny Rich, and we're talking about the aftermath of the uh, the Georgia runoff. And I, you know, let me say again, uh, Warnock, you know, has run for this job no less than five times now and been elected um, twice. Uh, you know, elected two primaries, uh, two two uh, general elections, and two runoffs. Isn't that so? Mm -hmm. No, no, there wasn't a there wasn't a primary this time, um, but you know, we out yeah, five five times. So that means yeah. that he's got this massive statewide operation, and he knows how to run the campaign. You know, the ink is barely dry on his campaign posters from last time, right? Uh, they have great data that goes right to the neighborhood, right down to the neighborhood house to house level on past voting records um, of people all across Georgia. Um, he knows very well not to take for granted people who live, uh, he absolutely would not take for granted people who live in poor communities uh -huh. and people who live in far out rural places. And we have plenty of those places in North Carolina too. In Orange County. And, like, and, 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 yeah. and look at the diversity in terms of the concentration of of residencies in just in Orange County. I mean, so right. you apply that across the state. But here's the thing that I looked at last night and I just thought, seeing how they went to the trouble of trying to really dig in and really perform in these, um, in these rural communities and how they did it with lots and lots of Gen Z volunteers. Absolutely. And I am telling you, it's going to be very exciting to see the changes in the state of Georgia driven right down to the county commissioner level all across that state. That's going to be really exciting. And, you know, good luck 
uh, uh, Brian Kemp and trying in, in your in your voter suppression efforts. I think you've seen the high point. I think yesterday. that's right. I think that's uh, right. And I think I, they're going to take hold of this stuff and Absolutely. they're going to have lots and lots of ways. And you know better than anybody I know, Penny, that if the county commissioners all across the state um, of any state, if they all get together and say, you know, we need these five standards of how we run our elections, that's where the elections are run. The run elections are running counties, and I totally, I totally agree with you. And, and you know, it it would it would be nice to take a lesson from Georgia and North Carolina because uh, two years in a row, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty two, we did not do well here. Um, and and I and I truly believe it's because we're not we're not engaging the younger vote. We we think we are, but we are not engaging them enough. Well, they're flexing the muscle now. They are. I mean, with Rogue disappearing, I mean, the, the younger generation was like, wait, wait a second. And then you see all this violence against the LGBTQ. Uh, that, that was wrong. LGBTQ plus. Uh, see, see, that's, this is what I'm saying. You know, it's, it's election hangover. That's what that but 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 you know think about it though you know you see this violence you see that you see everything going and the younger generation is like no 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 we're over that that's this is not this is not what we want this is not what we want to vote for right. i mean we had jenny black on speaking with us and you know she she clearly spoke about the younger generation dr kumar came on and spoke about her daughter and the younger generation right. how important it is to engage engage you know, young men, but especially young women, because look at what's happening. They are becoming man. Uh, they the, do. They, the I mean, they're, the they're doing some great yeah. work. Yeah. I mean, you better, yeah. you know, you better get on board, folks. Uh, absolutely, and, and I'm generation. glad you brought up local elections because I think that you know um, this is this is something that we really need to look at in North Carolina. Like, what are we doing to make sure that we're we're securing these seats because it, that we're a very very gerrymandered state right now and we have um that supreme court um lawsuit that's uh going on right now it actually yeah. started today which is really scary because um I, I, you and i talked a little bit beforehand the fact that the supreme court even brought this um this case up is um kind of stunning we're not quite sure i wonder why, they why they, i wonder why they want to hear it I, I don't. Yeah. What's what's the what's the motive? Because they know that what 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 is what is bringing being brought forward um, is is just not popular. Um, you know, maybe Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani thought it was popular that state legislators get to pick who wins an election, but the general public doesn't. Uh, and right. I, and I again, I'm going to go to say both Democrats and Republicans they want their vote to count. You know, they they don't want to turn around and have uh, uh, the state legislators. Um, uh, put forward something that that actually didn't happen. I, I mean, it, 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 I'm I'm not sure about the Supreme Court, Gene. I, I just well, I I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna be um, you know, genie optimist here for just okay. A um, uh, you know, until this is proven wrong, I'd really like to think I'll put it that way. I really like to think that they wanted to hear the case, so that you know, one would hope that when a case is laid out before the Supreme Court. This is your very best argument. This is not some guys BSing in a bar. This is a Supreme Court briefing. And right. that they're going to bring their all, you know, all their best stuff and give them the, the mo their best chance at, at making their argument. And then the court is going to say, that's baloney. That's not what the Constitution says. That's, that's wildly extra constitutional it's completely outside the court four corners of the document 
um, you know, we reject this period. That's what I'd love to see. Um, or some version pretty close to that. And, you know, one reason I'm so happy about um, Katanji Jackson is that, is that I think that she, she has a remarkable uh, patience and ability to uh, walk in the originalist argument and say, well, you know, here's what, Here's what George Washington would have said about that, even whether she would agree with them or not. But right. she can take that and invert it and say, you haven't considered this, but the originalism that you're describing doesn't support this at all. And, and she'll, t you know, take it and put it in their own frame and then ex and reveal to them using their own tools and their own measures that, that the argument it doesn't hold water. There's just too many ways uh, that that this leaks out and 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 doesn't uh, and goes horribly wrong. By the way, uh, the particular North Carolina case, which is which is about undermining what the electoral college does. If you want right. to, if you want to get rid of the electoral college, there's lots of people who would agree with that, and a lot of them live in New York and California and Chicago and in big cities that are overwhelmingly democratic, mm -hmm. you know, where all the people are. Right. Uh, right. So, you know, don't, don't chip away at the electoral college by, okay. by undermining its authority without basis. There's no basis. There's that's no right. problem. I think, that this I think that's what's going to happen. Well, I mean, I'm hoping I'm crossing my fingers that, um, the Supreme Court will will exactly come up with what you're saying. I, I can't I can't be sure of it because I, I don't know that I trust the Supreme Court. But um, oh, I don't I don't trust. I know uh, that I don't trust them. <laughs> and and so, right and I, the 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 whole idea of them hearing this case is, um, it just proves that they're willing to um, to flirt you know, with it. Yeah, flirt with that's a good that's a good word, Gene. Yeah, yeah. To flirt with this whole idea. They're willing know, to flirt it with out. it. Yeah, and, and yeah. if they would refuse certiorari of it, uh, the bad thing would be that the bad guys can say, "Okay, well, we brought the wrong case. We'll just bring a different case," and they would, or you know, it's all part of the conspiracy or whatever, and we haven't had our day in court. And I right. and I I wonder. It's pure speculation on my part. I, I have not, I didn't listen to the arguments today, for example. Right. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know if there are five votes to do what. Um, I, I don't think there are. I, I mean, I just, I read about it briefly. I don't like that they're flirting with it either. Yeah, no, before we started um, taping, I read, I read uh, the comments briefly and, and it, I don't, I don't think they have the five votes as, as of right now. I mean, I, anything, you know, with them, anything can change, but um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not thinking that, um, it, you know, I, and again, I, well, yeah, it's interesting flirting with it just to see, I like that. I like that idea, that concept to see where it goes and what happens with the next lawsuit or what happens. Yeah, I mean, with maybe there's, maybe there's some, you know, appetite for just hanging it out there saying, well, you know, we might, yeah, we, we might, might. We might you know, yeah. just, I don't know. There's there, I, there does seem to be somebody in there who's uh, Alito seems to be a guy who likes to uh, taunt 
Alito, oh. yeah. I yeah, mean, but... he's what we've heard recently about him sort of, you know, that Hobby Lobby decision and telling people at dinner before, uh, you know, he even made it. So now we know that, of course, he was the one that, um, uh, you know, leaked the. Uh, oh, well, I always thought, yeah, also, I, I always I thought mean, he leaked it. I always. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I, I just, you know, this is a guy, let's remember. Um, that when the Citizens United decision came down was shortly before President Obama gave a State of the Union address. And President Obama said, basically stood there with the Supreme Court right there, just feet in front of him in the audience, said that this was a terrible decision that was going to be corrosive to American politics. Completely right about that. Yep. And that... Um, this was going to just flood the zone with all kinds of dark money that nobody would know where it came from. And Judge Alito, who is uh, sitting in the audience, is right. shaking his head no and mouthing the words, that's not true. Right. Which, And doing so in a way that is unsubtle so that the TV cameras can get it. We're right on and him. he's practically, you know, talking back to the president from the audience so right so yeah i think he leaked it <laughs> I mean, just total lack of respect uh, i mean it, it, but let's talk a little bit of respect uh, i mean can i switch us up a little bit and we before we go into our next segment um talking about respect what about nancy pelosi let's 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 talk a little bit about you know her. i know as she, you she, know penny I, you, you know, love her. I, would, I, know I would just I, lay down in traffic for nancy pelosi I know, after i, know. I saw that footage from January 6th. But let me tell you something. Every time she opens her mouth, since she's made her decision to step down from leadership and just be a member of the House, I have heard nothing but incredibly great stuff from her talking right. about her obligation to bring along the next generation of leadership about which she is very, very excited. And I don't know if you remember seeing uh, Hakeem Jeffries put her name and nomination for speakership for the, if you haven't seen that, you owe it to yourself to go see that YouTube video. It is the, it'll just, it makes the hair on the back of my neck go up. It is yeah. so moving. He is so exuberantly excited to nominate her. And um, I, I just think I I'm telling you, I'm, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this for just a minute in our lightning round. I'm going to convince Penny Rich that Hakeem yeah, Jeffries could very easily be Speaker of the House one month from today. I really mean this. Ooh, you're, let's do that, Gene. You're listening, to the, that. you're listening to the Weekend Water Cooler on 97.9 The Hill. Don't go away. We'll be right back. I'm telling you, it's really true. Okay, we're back, and I'm going to convince Penny Rich that uh, Hakeem Jeffries, who is now the minority leader in the in the House of Representatives, first African American to hold that position, good for him. Uh, boy, that took too long, by the way. Um, uh, I, I, that surprised me. Uh, I that that really did surprise me that uh, he was the first, but. But he certainly won't be the last. He's he's a terrific um, talent. He's a he's a terrific orator, brilliant, um, yeah. and a very gifted politician. And and I think he's going to do very well. So, 
so he's a minority leader. All right. So <clears throat> they have, I want to say, uh, uh, help me with my math. I think they have 212, 213 Democrats. Okay. Elected in the House of Representatives. The re- Republicans right. have the rest. <laughs> Well, no, they don't. They probably have an independent here and there, but they, but, right. but they have the rest. So I think they have two hundred and twenty-three. Does that make sense? No, no. Now, no. in order to two twenty-two, maybe right. In order to be the speaker, of course, you're not just winning uh, the uh, election of your party. You're 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 winning election by the simple majority. That's half plus one of the entire House of Representatives of members who are present. You have to be in the chamber or, or voting if they allow remote voting, which because of COVID, you know, they they may allow that. Um, <clears throat> so you have to have a, a simple majority, but you have it's a it's a majority of the entire house. And Penny Rich and Gene Bolduck, um, we probably have a big decision to make, Penny. Mm. You and I can also run for Speaker of the House of Representatives, you need not be an elected member of the House. A lot of people don't know that. That's um, right. I don't think it's ever happened uh, that a non-member has been Speaker, um, but you don't have to be uh, a sitting member of the 435 members of the House of Representatives to be Speaker. Now, Kevin McCarthy does not enjoy great confidence among his caucus. He does not. He he won his leadership uh, position in within the caucus uh, by getting 188 votes. And if he was going to ha- come in with a strong uh, day one as speaker, he would have gotten all of those votes. He would have gotten 200 and whatever. Okay. Now, he's, he's not going to get... Uh, the votes of the members who are not yet there, not yet sworn in. Right. Um, but he didn't get all of the members who are who are incumbents. Um, Hakeem Jeffries did. Now, another point that's really critical here is that this vote for speaker um, is a secret ballot. It is not done by electronic um, device. Isn't that interesting? So, I didn't know that, which is kind of a shame, right? You should know how people I don't vote. agree. So if you have five, really? I, I, okay. you have five living, breathing, moderate Republicans, if they do exist still in the House of Representatives, and if they secretly, because they know Kevin McCarthy and they know that he's dumber than a bag of rocks, And they thought, you know, Hakeem, he's a fair guy. I can work with him. They could vote for him. And Kevin would never know. Not unlike the last time he failed in his attempt to get this job, which ended up going to Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan, that's right. Because they practically kidnapped Paul Ryan and tied him up and said, you know, you're never going to see your family again unless you agree to do this. Right. And then he hated his, he hated that job every day that hated he was the job in that job. And, hated it. And, yeah. you know, last week as an indicator of just how much confidence there is in Kevin McCarthy, none other than John Boehner was seen on Capitol Hill meeting with members of the House of Representatives. 
And there's been a lot of talk on Fox News about how, you know, maybe they'd go to a former speaker or a former member to get a Speaker of the House to represent the Republican side if Kevin McCarthy can't get this done. Can you imagine for 10 seconds the Democrats ever discussing on television what they would do if Nancy Pelosi didn't have the votes? No. And so like this is a problem with the Republicans, right? They, they say what they're not supposed to say out loud. And, and we need to believe them. That's the thing that when they're, when they're right. telling us what they're going to do, we need to wake up and believe what they're saying. Yes, that's they're, right. They, they're, they're, they're cluing us in. They can't hold anything back. They that's seem right. to like to leak everything. That's um, right. And that's why when Donald Trump says on his social media company, where nobody's looking at it, so all the all the cable news guys are putting it up on screen, but which is the only way I know about it. Right. Uh, that that if it suited him, that he's that the election was a fraud, that he was really elected in 2020, and that it was so bad and so awful that the Constitution, certain elements of the Constitution, should be terminated in order to install him back in office. This guy who says he's running for 2024 insists that he was really elected in 2020. So right. when he says that he wants to terminate the Constitution, even a little bit, and then says a couple of days later, because there was quite a lot of reaction to it, oh, I never said that, he says. Uh, but he not only did, he said it in writing, and it's still there. It's still posted on the site. Oh, yeah. Along with his denial, I never said that. But when he says that, exactly as Penny Rich advises, you need to believe it. You, you need to believe it. Yeah, they're showing us who they are. You got, you got to listen. You got to believe it. I mean, that's right. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we've, we've just, seen this. We've seen this movie before, Gene. Yes, <laughs> just listen to Mitch McConnell. Yeah, Mitch McConnell says the problem that the Republicans had in this cycle is candidate quality. And he could not have been more right. That's right. And as he discusses how he sees the world and what he wants to do for his party, he's the perfect example of the lack of candidate quality. He doesn't stand for anything. He's not nope. advocating for anything. His only approach is to say, no, you can't have that, Joe. And that's all he wants to do. And we know that that we are getting critical, we are getting critical mass, the Democrats are, the progressive movement is, because we're trying to help people, we're trying to make our society better, we want people to live good quality lives, we don't want them to die by gun violence, we don't want them to die from uh, bad products that are not protected by consumer protection agencies, right. we want well, everybody to have clean air and water yeah. and yeah. And, uh, and, and we think that the government is, is a uh, social construct that is uh, designed to help people, uh, help the people who they serve, and that people in the government serve the people who are not in the government. That's, right. our, that's our little philosophical equation. Well, that's the way it should be. Yeah, that's that's, and that's that, why you get into government and you serve your community, not for, not for power, but to serve your community. That's, that's right. a whole point of being that's, a public elected official. That's right. And it's, yeah. you know, uh, you know, I'll just say a little bit. It's a little bit of how it is to be 
a radio talk show host on WCHL. Oh, Thank you so much for, for once again, bailing me out. Oh, you know what? This is great. To talk to me. You don't want to hear me talk to myself. No, you know, WCHL is a great place to listen to this, um, uh, the, the podcast, but um, you could uh, subscribe to the water cooler on, um, on the um, Apple iPod uh, cast. That's and right. That's it'll right. just download to your device uh, when a new one comes right. on. And I encourage everyone to do that. will be with you everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Yeah. That's right. Idea. That's Love such it. a thought, isn't it? And, it is. and you know, you'd have to be Tom Jensen to walk around enough to be able to hear all the great podcasts that are on He's there. listening to us now. Yes. Yeah. He, he's yeah. listening to us right now. And he needs to come, <laughs> he needs to come on and talk to us next about, Ooh, about, we should the, have him about as a the guest. future of polling. Cause I really wonder, yeah. but you know, we're completely out of time, hopelessly, desperately out of time. Thank you once again, Penny Rich. Absolutely. For joining me over here in, in my little corner of the world. And thank you all for listening. Um, you've been listening patiently. I so appreciate it to the weekend water cooler on 97.9 The Hill. Follow Gene on Twitter at Gene Bolduck and tweet your comments and questions with the hashtag WCHL.